the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, him of whom you have just sung. His peace to each of us. The text I want to share with you is found in Revelation chapter 19. That is getting very, very close to the end of the Bible, as that book has 22 chapters. Let me read Revelation 19, beginning at verse 11. I saw heaven open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name, the rider on the white horse, His name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, both white and clean. And out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule over all. He will rule over all. He will rule over all. And on his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings, And Lord of Lords. I'm in the motel. Going and coming, Connie and I, not too young anymore. We have to take 900 miles in two days instead of one. I'm in the motel. And I go by one room. And I am in shock. Because that room is filled with people. And it is utter chaos. It is utter chaos. There are no tables set up. There are nowhere for people to sign their names. The kids are running around, and it's just utter chaos. (laughs) And finally, I hear someone with a very loud voice say, Who's in charge here? Who's in charge here? I didn't wait to hear the answer. And when I walk by a half hour later, it's still pretty chaotic. (laughs) Who's in charge here? I walk down to the second floor, there's a, another conference going on, but it's not a conference. It's a quinceanera. Some young lady down there in Texas having her 16th birthday. And she is dressed to the nines as if uh, she's in a wedding dress, and it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And as I'm passing by, I stand and observe that which is occurring. And I come by sometime later, hour and a half later, and everything's wrapping up, and I hear a man, I think the father of this dear girl, he says to someone standing there looking official, he says, who's in charge here? I want to compliment them on this evening. I shall never forget this evening. And I want to thank whoever's in charge for everything they did to make this such a blessed event for my family. 
You understand what happened? The same question was asked, but there were two completely different meanings to it. Who's in charge here? Why all this chaos? Who's in charge here? I want to thank them. So it is with God. So it is with God. There are many times in our life, hopefully not too many, there are a few times in our life when we are looking up to God, as did Job, and we're saying, who's in charge here, God? My next door's neighbor, six-year-old child with cancer, who's in charge here, God? The car accident on the Interstate 57 that held up traffic for two and a half hours, and a 38-year-old is severely injured and one child lost. Who's in charge here? Losing one's job at the prime of your life or losing one's job when you get a little bit older and you're wondering who's going to hire me at my age I have bills. Who's in charge here? I think each one of us, myself included, at least one time on this earth, we have looked up to God, we've shaken our fist at him, and we've said, God, do you enjoy doing this? Do you enjoy torturing? Do you enjoy this suffering? Do you get a kick out of watching this? And at that point, we are saying with an angry voice, who's in charge here? Martha said to Jesus, if you'd have come right away, if you had not pretended to love us so much, if you had come right away, if you had not dilly-dallied, if you had not been so busy with other stuff, if you had come right away, Lazarus would still be alive. Who's in charge here, Jesus? You are not who I thought you were. And I need not tell you, for you already know you have friends and neighbors who say you have people at work, who say you have people on the commuter train, who say you have people in the family you married into, who say to you, cannot believe in God, because this event happens. This event happened. Something in health, something in relationship, something in finance. This thing happens, and God cannot exist. Who's in charge here? My sister, who was so close to my mom, my mom coming on the second anniversary of her passing to heaven. Spent a lot of time with my sister over those three or four days. And my sister said to me, she said, Paul, do you remember the first thing mom said to you when you flew down here and dad had passed and you walked into the house? You remember the first thing she said? I said, I'll never forget it. She said, who can go through such a thing without God? Who can go through such a thing without God? And Becky said every single day, in these almost two years that mom has been gone, I say that to myself every single day. Who goes through such a thing without God? Who's in charge here? And sometimes that question beckons people to lose their faith. And for we who are Christian, that word, who's in charge here? Though it might be spoken in anger, we're speaking it to one who we believe in. And shortly thereafter, it is God who wraps his arms around us. It is God who whispers in his 
in our ears, and he said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. There is no circumstance in your life, Psalm 139, there is no circumstance in your life that has not been in my hands, including the worst sin you ever committed and the repentance that came after that. There is nothing in which I myself have not held you in my hands. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Each of my three brothers and my sister have gone through major things in their life. Major things. Cancers and relationships and major things. And to be there this week and see a peaceful look on each of their faces and talking to them individually and privately, realizing the miracles that God has worked in their life. I found myself saying often to them, and as I drove back, Who's in charge here? I know who handled your cancer when you were 44 years of age, Timothy. And I know who handled this situation, Rebecca. And I know who handled this situation, Al and Mark. I know who handled this situation. And we give praise to him. I'm hunting him down. The cancer's in remission. I'm hunting him down. I got another job. Served me better than the other one did. I'm hunting him down to give him praise. I wonder why you come this Sunday morning in the middle of summer. Is it because it's so much part of your life? I pray it is. Or is it because, like someone who drove 175 miles yesterday, a former member of this church, 175 miles they drove, 170 miles back home, for one purpose, to be here to give thanks and praise to God for deliverances that have happened to them. I couldn't believe it when I saw them. I hadn't seen them in five years. And when they explained why they came, I said, the sermon matches your reason for being here. You came to give thanks to the one who made the celebration of life, the joy, and the beauty that it had. Who's in charge here? I'll tell you. Revelation 21.6 I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning of all things. And I am the end of all things. The Bible begins at the beginning and so does our Lord. And the Bible ends at the end. It begins with God saying, Let there be light. And it ends with the rider on the white horse coming, defeating the great dragon. Seven seals open, seven trumpets sound. And here he comes riding forth. There in the book of Revelation. The Bible goes on conceptions of great movements toward righteousness. Ever growing, ever increasing until it reaches its Climax in the kingdom of God. All things on this earth moving slowly toward righteousness, not toward evil, not toward chaos. uh, Moving toward righteousness. Why? Because of the one who's in charge. The one who's the Alpha and the Omega. Apostle John wrote uh, this last book of the Bible. Of all the apostles, he was the only one who was not martyred for his faith. 
Legend says they threw him in a pot of boiling oil, and when he struggled because of the pain, that pot of oil tumbled over, and it threw him out. Legend says those around looked at him and said, the gods don't want him dead. We will not kill him. Legend says he was scarred and in pain for the rest of his life because of the burns that were suffered. They sent him to the island of Patmos. And on the island of Patmos, he wrote this book of Revelation somewhere around 90 A.D. I've often wondered if he had not been spared, would we have this last book of the Bible? And if we did not have this last book of the Bible... Would we understand who triumphed in the end? Many people look at the book of Revelation and say it can't be understood. Do away with it. Many others look at the book of Revelation and they twist it and turn it and forget what the rest of the Bible has to say. The book of Revelation is the ultimate triumph of the truths of God and the principles of God. Going down, uh, we had... Uh, Elena with us coming back. We had Cece with us in the car. Two grandchildren. They would ask uh, Papa and Grandma to uh, make promises. Promise me that when we stop at this rest area, you get me some Skittles. Promise me this. Promise me that. Okay? And then they would say, how can we trust your promises? And then Cece would say, I can trust your promise because you're Papa. Or your grandma, I can trust your promises. 7,000 promises in the Bible. How do we know our sins are forgiven? Book of Revelation. How do we know that, uh, do not be afraid, I'm with you? Book of Revelation. How do we know, Lord, I'm with you always, even in Book of Revelation. How do we know that every one of the 7,000 promises, including 153 times life in heaven, How do we know they're true? The book of Revelation. And the principles espoused in the Bible. Galatians 6, for instance. Do not be deceived. God does not mock whatever a man sows that shall he also reap. If a man sows to the fleshly nature, shall from that nature reap destruction. If he sows his spiritual nature, he shall from that nature reap everlasting life. Do not weary then in doing good. Do good to all men as often as the opportunity arises, especially to those of the family of believers. How do we know if we follow that principle, there is a blessing? How do we know when Jesus said in Matthew 25, you fed the hungry, gave drink to the thirsty, put clothes on the naked? How do we know? And how do we know when he said at the very start of his ministry, blessed are the pure, blessed are the merciful, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the peacemakers. How do we know if it makes any difference? The book of Revelation. The rider on the white horse that I read to you at the start, Revelation 19. He comes and he claims the victory. And in the hallelujah course, when it's talking about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, it comes straight from the book of Revelation. I told you a month ago that rainbows on this earth, we only see half rainbows. We only see half a rainbow. It's so magnificent that whenever we see it, we stop the car and we get out and we look at this rainbow, we take pictures, we send it to everyone on Facebook. 
Bible says, Revelation 4, if you remember when we get to heaven, there is a rainbow. My goodness gracious God. Why would you be talking about rainbows in the book of Revelation? Because the rainbow there is in a full circle, a full circle around the throne of God. A rainbow was given to Noah, I'll never destroy the earth again by flood. This earth will be haunted by storms and floods and nightmares and fires, uh, Isaiah 43. But I'll make you the promise, I will be with you in every storm that ever comes up, because I'm the Alpha and the Omega. And when you get to heaven, the full rainbow is there, nothing can harm you. No sin, no suffering, no death, no pain, new order of things. Rainbow in all its fullness. What is Alpha? The first letter of the Greek alphabet, right? Y'all knew that. What is Omega, the last letter of the Greek alphabet? The alphabet makes up every word that man has ever spoken in the past, present, and future. And when the Bible says Jesus Alpha and Omega, it is saying that in your life, all your griefs, all your sorrows, all your stresses, all your disabilities, all your accidents, all your injuries, all your joys, all your blessings, all your deliverances, all your repentances, all your successes, that was the word from the word. That was the word in your life from the word. And he was always above and beyond and surrounding the entirety of your life. Whatever your name is, whatever your circumstance is, he's above and beyond and over and through and underneath. You are enwrapped in the bubble of God himself. Storms come, he said at John sixteen thirty three. Storms come, but you're in his bubble. And he knows. I close with a story that I love. I share it often with people I visit. I'm sure that Vern Karras and Mike Heyer, who helped me with visits, do the same. It's a story about a, a young boy. He's a farmer boy. And his father says to him, It's time for you to take the load of hay to town by yourself. You've gone with me many, many times. Now you're 10 years old. It's time for you to go by yourself. The boy was so excited, he hops up on that wagon and he clucks for the horses to move and they move. Three miles down the road, there is a covered bridge. He's been through it a hundred times with his dad. But this time when he comes to the covered bridge, his dad's not with him. And he gets off that wagon and he looks at the huge load of hay. And then he looks down the corridor of that <laughs> covered bridge. He sees a little speck at the other end. And he shakes his head and he said, they must have built a new bridge while I was gone. I'll never make it through. Hops on the wagon, goes back home. Dad sees him coming, runs out there. What in the world's going on? How come you brought back the hay? And the boy said, hey, Dad, they built a new bridge since last time we were there. And I'll never make it through. His dad got a belly laugh out of that one. He said, I'm going to go with you one more time. You're going to drive the wagon. I'm going to be sitting next to you. We're going to go through the bridge, and you're going to see it's the same size at the far end as it is at the near end. And so he did. Optical illusion, right? Optical illusion. 
Many of us wake up in the morning, we have a circumstance so large that we did not sleep all night, and we do not know how we will have the strength to get through the day. But when the evening of the day came, we realized the same God who was with us at the start of the day is the same God who is with us at the end of the day. As your days are, so will your strength be. And we found that out over and over and over and over and over and over again in our life. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning of every single day in your life. And he's the end of every single day in your life. Hold you, does it not say in Isaiah, hold you in the palm of his hands. The Alpha and the Omega. Do not be afraid. In our Savior's name, amen. Would you rise as we pray? Who's in charge here? Chaos in the world, acts of terrorism, Democrats fighting Republicans, Republicans fighting Democrats. Who's in charge here? I'm too young for that diagnosis that the doctor just gave me. Not only am I too young, but I'm frightened to death. Who's in charge here? When I was at Grandpa's funeral, I totally understood that at age 88, this is the order of life. But when I was at my nephew's funeral, he was only 32. Who's in charge here? You're the God of the hills and the valleys, O Lord. Psalm 121, I lift my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Even young men grow tired and weary, even you stumble and fall. But for those who wait upon the Lord, he holds them up. They soar on wings like eagles. They walk and not grow weary. They run and not grow faint. Heavenly Father, we have come this morning not to say to you in anger, who's in charge? But we've come this morning, Lord, to sit in a pew where you are present and say, thank you, God, for you are above and beyond and over and through and underneath all things on this earth and all things in my life and the lives of those that I love. Keep us strong in the faith, Lord, in our Savior's name. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.